you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside Graham Barfield. Fabs is off this week, so it's just it's just us holding down the fort for now. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, it's June. I kept saying it's May, but now we're, we're past May. We're into June. This is, um, I feel like this is the last full month of NFL summer. Because um, once it gets to like mid-July, then training camps are, are kind of starting up again. Um, yeah. So like everybody else, I always feel weird because everybody else is like just getting ready for summer and 4th of July hits and most people are like, yeah, it's summer vacation. For us, it's like, yeah, summer's kind of over now. Yeah, summer usually ends for me like mid-July. That's yeah. usually when we get locked in here. Yeah. So I'm going to enjoy the last like couple weeks of freedom. Right, exactly. It it also, and you know, this is me, my my weather complaints living in Los Angeles. Like, you know, our NFL summer happens when it's June gloom. So like we don't get a lot of sun. But yeah. uh, then again, we get sun, what, 300 days a year so. I can't complain too much about it. Uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, you know, we're going to do Todd Gurley watch because that continues to be one of the more compelling fantasy stories of the offseason. Uh, we'll talk some game shows because the Jeopardy guy finally lost. So we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, plenty of other stuff to talk about. But uh, before we do any of that, let's, as we always do, go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? I'm just glad this episode's fully about Daniel Jones being the number one dual <laughs> after his massive run on the Giants OTAs. Yeah, you know, I saw that on Twitter and like, uh, I mean, okay, so as as our you know Giants fan representative here, like, I mean, how do you feel? Is this because I didn't know this about Dan. I didn't know that he was supposed to be you know some super mobile quarterback like you and me both. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I. 
I just thought they're like, okay, he's the Eli clone, like stand in the pocket, you know, make the throw. Like if it's a clean pocket, it'll be great. And then it's like, oh, everyone reminds you, he's like, oh, he ran like a four six forty, and he's a you know a Duke. He had to run around because the offensive line was just absolutely terrible. So uh, if this is a, the, the case, I mean, Giants haven't had a mobile quarterback, and I couldn't tell you how long. And to have a guy that could extend a play would be uh, something else, especially with the O line being better, much improved from uh, last year. So I mean, what? it's music to my ears. You're, you're not you're you're not overseeing Eli just turn into a turtle every time there's pressure in the pocket. It's it's, it's so bad. <laughs> and, no, and then the bad thing is too, and I know this is just off season. It's like Marcus just saying it's June, it's early June. Like it's it's still really nothing going on. But uh, if he's out playing, I, I just wish Eli Manning's last name was not Manning because if he actually truthfully <laughs> is out playing him, it's like just throw him in there. Like what, what's the worst that could happen? Are you going to win the Super Bowl this year anyway? Probably not. So like let's see what the the, the kid has. But I I don't think we're going to have to see that. So I'm I'm trying to think of the last kind of mobile Giants quarterback and the only name coming up for me is like Jeff Hostetler right and that's before my time and that's like, that's a long time what's funny ago. is they've, they've their backup quarterbacks have been more mobile than than Eli but they don't ever play they never get on the Eli's field just Iron Man so they right. haven't even taken him out so they, they they're like okay well we need a guy who's mobile as a backup who never ever seen the field <laughs> so uh, so anyway that's I, I, I thought that was funny watching you know the, the Daniel Jones excitement happen on Twitter uh, a day or two ago we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that but um, yeah it's it's probably going to be Eli unless something you know major happens in the next you know, month or so uh, I can't imagine Daniel Jones is going to be starting so anyway got plenty to talk about in the meantime uh, let's do some news. Let's do the news. Uh, news from Baltimore. Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, says Lamar Jackson will run less in 2019, basically saying that that's not what this offense is about. Uh I know that he has been working on his accuracy and trying to connect better with his receivers. There's a new offense, all this sort of thing there. But, I mean, Graham, we showed up for the running ability. Like, if he's not running as much, um, I mean, unless he takes huge steps forward in his passing ability, suddenly that that takes a lot away from his game. Yeah, they can say that all they want. But, <laughs> uh, he's going to run quite a bit. I, I do think there's a chance that he won't run like 17. He averaged 17 rushing attempts per start last season. Mm-hmm. 147 rushing attempts total. That was the most a quarterback has ever had in a single season, which is kind of remarkable. Even though he only started seven games, right? Um, I think he's going to shatter some rushing attempts totals this year, but I don't expect 17 carries per game. That is a bit much, and that's kind of putting him a little bit too much in harm's way. But um, yeah, they can't. They cannot take that off the field. They can't. I mean, they just one because it it is it's something else the defense has to pay attention to. So you know you you can't completely take that away from him. Um, but, you know, I'm curious to see how this works out. I mean, Lamar, I know we all loved him last year. We were excited about his pos- his possibilities. Uh, I feel like we haven't talked quite as much about him, especially now that, you know, Kyler Murray has kind of become the new hotness there. I, I mean, I would imagine what he's he's kind of a QB, two at this point. I think because Kyler has become this kind of uh, lightning rod of. I guess, fun hype this offseason, <laughs> right? Um, Lamar's kind of fallen by the wayside. Lamar Jackson is... He's like kind of, old news now. I mean, he's like the floor for Kyler Murray, <laughs> I think, uh, of what people are expecting this year. I'm still taking Lamar Jackson quite often. Yeah. Late in drafts, just because of that rushing upside. It's just so, so, so sexy. Um, I, I will say every year we hear 
uh, maybe this year will be a little bit different with Cam, but like every year in the offseason, we would hear like, oh, Cam Newton's going to rush less. And he never, right. he never once does. did. Mm-hmm. Just because that's, that's, what the, that's what these guys do is like maybe they're not the most accurate quarterbacks, but they provide so much value on the ground that's underrated. They just can't get away from that. Well, and I also think that when you can run the football the way those guys can, it it sort of balances out the accuracy Ooh. issue because suddenly as a, as a defender, you do have to keep an eye on the quarterback a little bit. So you maybe aren't as close to the receiver as you would normally be. So I think that sort of opens up maybe some more windows. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Lamar. You know, again, this is also coming from the owner. Um, this is not coming from the head coach yeah. or the offensive coordinator. So I'm sure grains of salt. I'm sure Steve Bashotti would love to protect his investment in Lamar Jackson and not get him hurt. But I think, you know, if it comes down to, you know, needing some yards and some production, uh, you know, John Harbaugh will kind of let the lane, let, let the reins loose a little bit. Uh, Freddie Kitchens says Odell Beckham missed a lot by not being in OTAs. Um, I, I only put this in here, you know, not because it's like, you know, I, I'm not big on the, you know, so-and-so didn't show up to voluntary mini camps or whatever. I mean, it is voluntary, um, but you got this, you got Jarvis Landry who is banged up a little bit. Uh, now you've got Duke Johnson, you know, not demanding a trade, but just kind of saying, hey, you know, I'd like to go somewhere else. And Baker Mayfield now taking shots in him. Uh, it's only June, I know, but there's going to be a lot of disarray <laughs> around the Browns offense right now. I used to have a baseball coach who you, who we had um, voluntary workouts, right? Mm. But we all called them voluntary workouts <laughs> because if, if you didn't show up, I mean, you were, you were, I mean, were going to get called out for it. And it seems like, obviously, the NFL is kind of been that way too mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the same way with you it's like if these guys are taking care of their bodies and doing their own training regimens like Le'Veon Bell did too it's like really who cares right I mean these guys are in top physical condition pretty much all year round um yeah but the difference is obviously Odell's on a new team and he has a new offense to learn but still I don't I, really care I mean one and I think somebody I don't remember who it was on Twitter sort of made the point that you know part of the reason that Odell was available for the Browns to go out and get was because he was sort of the guy that didn't show up to OTAs and, you know, made his other team upset. He's um, always done this. He's always been this guy. <laughs> so why all of a sudden he was going to change now, I'm not really sure. And, and you know, look, may, maybe this isn't a big a deal. You know, it, we're trying to create headlines. We're trying to create stuff to talk about. So I don't know if Freddie Kitchens is really that upset about it uh, or just kind of, you know, saying things or whatever, just kind of speaking his mind a little bit. But uh, I would imagine once we get to training camp and once we get to the preseason, I think you things won't. are going to be fine. Yeah, you won't hear about this. I think it'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, Josh Doxson says he is ready for a, quote, big year in 2019. Simple question. Are we buying it? I was waiting for a big year in 2007. <laughs> uh, no. No, I'm sorry. The, the, the Redskins depth chart right now is just absolutely loaded with receivers they're mm-hmm. gonna have to, they're gonna have some major cut downs here uh which Doxon might be one of them yeah you know it's just the, the wide receivers there just never really popped i think the way we we really wanted them to and Doxon was probably chief among those guys um yeah i also going into to to the season uh are we are we leaning toward Dwayne Haskins as the starting quarterback there will there be a competition i mean who who do you expect to see starting at quarterback i think case will start week 1 but i definitely think Dwayne's going to really push him um regardless though man like it's it's really hard to find anyone on this team for fantasy that would be super super invested in yeah. uh at, at, at pretty much any point in the draft i mean it's really hard to hammer darius guys coming off of his knee injuries and never playing a snap in the nfl jordan reed has never been a uh 
a bastion of health in his career. Last year he was, but he didn't produce. Yeah, and then he got hurt <laughs> at the end of the year. Um, and then they have all these receivers that we have no idea what to do with. So uh, I'm kind of throwing my hands up. At, it's almost like, I know we talked never Dolphins mm -hmm. earlier this year, but it might be never Redskins. I mean, it's just, yeah, you're right. They're just so hard to kind of figure out. Although uh, Adrian Peterson, who is always great for a preseason quote <laughs> that you know, makes you scratch your head, uh, says he is aiming for 2,000 yards. This year, does he mean he is aiming for 2,000 yards or the Redskins offense in total <laughs> 2,000 yards? I, you know, the quote is, I got my mark set at 2,000 yards. I've always had it set at that mark since I stepped into the league. So that's where it's at. Most importantly, I just want to contribute to the team and help this team win a championship. I wish him luck. I do, too. I mean, look, <laughs> I will say that he exceeded my expectations last year, uh, went over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. Admittedly, they sort of came in chunks. Uh, and then he kind of faded a little bit. But um, look, in the past, I'd say five years ago, I'd be like, hey, man, this 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 might be something. Uh, right now, with him at what, 34 years old, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not really buying it. Nah. <laughs> uh, Roger Goodell says he wants to shorten the preseason. Uh, look, I know a lot of fans are in favor of it. I, I think there is still value in. Maybe not four games, but at least three games. Mm. Um, and I think for us, you know, in fantasy, we use we started using the preseason a while ago to sort of evaluate where teams are, evaluate who's getting reps and just sort of ability. Uh, I would think that for what we do, uh, a shortened preseason kind of hurts a little bit. It'll depend on how much they eventually do cut it down, because I, I do agree. I think four is a, a bit too much. That fourth preseason game just ends up being totally it's, meaningless yeah. every single year. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I use the preseason differently just to follow snap counts and, mm -hmm. and actually see who's physically on the field. And, I mean, we, we get so much – we're inundated with so much coach speak in the offseason. It's it's so nice and refreshing to actually be able to see how these players are being used and where they're actually at on the depth chart in the preseason. Uh, but as long as we get, like, at least two solid games, um, I, I think it'll be fine. But every team is different though i mean the rams are probably as long as sean McVay is the coach there, never going to play they're their never going to play their starters every team is a little bit different um and i think we're going to start seeing teams approach the preseason differently once they do cut it back from four to most likely i think we it'll, it'll be three games. i would think three like i can't imagine to start i can't imagine they cut it just to two because i yeah. do think coaches still also want a couple of those games to evaluate talent well, of figure course. Out, make cuts that sort of well, thing. they're not only figuring out to make cuts but they're trying to figure out who they're going to carry on to the practice squad each right. year who they're i mean who they're going to keep potentially bring back for another year. Um, it's it's definitely a big evaluation period for them. And I think cutting it back from four to three makes sense for them too. Because, I mean, they get one extra tech. I guess they, I would hope they would get one extra week of practice. I would think, right? Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just interesting. I know like it doesn't have an immediate fantasy impact, but there will be some ripple effect, I think, if, if there are fewer games, fewer opportunities to see some of these guys, especially when you're talking about guys a little bit further down on the depth chart. Uh, last bit of news, Carson Palmer is going to the Cardinals Ring of Honor, so that just made me think of our, your, our consistent question. Would Carson Palmer be a fantasy Ring of Honor quarterback? I would lean toward no. Yeah. I feel like he had a couple of really nice years, but not the sustained period of excellence that would uh, kind of get him amongst the fantasy elite. That's that's just my, my, my first take on it. Yeah, I mean, he spent five years um, in Arizona and only played all 16 games, or 
basically played a full slate of games three times through yeah. those five years. Mm -hmm. Is that? A, I guess that's enough to get into a ring of honor now in the NFL. Yes. I was I mean, talking about this with Rank yesterday. Is like if Kyler Murray wins eight games this year, is he just automatically in the <laughs> ring of the honor ring of in honor. Arizona? <laughs> they just don't have enough players, I guess, to put in the ring of honor. I mean, I guess. I mean, you know, they're waiting for the day Larry Fitz because Larry Fitzgerald, the moment he, oh, the moment he retires, yeah. he's going to just walk right into there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess not. And and I, I did think about that. That's. It does seem like he wasn't really there long enough to yeah. to, to be in there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So they they, don't, they almost won the Super Bowl though. I mean, they were so sure. close in 2015, which was sort of odd. Like I just couldn't imagine. Like man, this team was really. There were a couple times in my life where I'm like, the Arizona Cardinals might be Super Bowl champions. Were it not for a Santonio Holmes amazing toe tap in the yep. corner, they would have been Super Bowl champions. They could have. They could have beaten Denver in 2015, too. Uh, Cam was just unstoppable that yeah, year. Yeah, well, yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a phenomenal year for Cam Newton. And so, uh, yeah, there you go. So, Carson Palmer, not in the fantasy ring of honor. There you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right, it's time for Todd Gurley Watch because I mean, look, this is the this is the story that kind of just keeps on unfolding. And I said this before, and we all I kind of think feel the same way. We're never gonna know a hundred percent how this plays out until we get to week one and we start to see. And even then, it may be a couple of weeks into the season until we kind of figure out exactly how Sean McVay is going to use him. But the latest report via Ian Rappaport is that. Folks in L.A. are sort of expecting that Gurley is not going to be the bell cow going forward. He is not going to be the guy that you just load up with touches, that he is going to kind of be the that he won't be the, the center of the offense the way he has been the last couple of years. And you know, a lot of it is uh, the, the injuries, the workload he's had, just all the things sort of kind of coming together. Um, now, in response, Gurley says he's planning to play a little bit closer to 218 pounds. He wants to lose some weight to kind of help himself stay healthier, stay a little more fresh throughout the season. Right now, uh, his ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator 12-team drafts 1.09, so back half of the first round. Uh, I know, Graham, you said you were kind of looking at him in the second round. Do we think that number, that 109, goes up or down as we get closer to, to the season? I haven't been interested in taking Gurley in the first round all offseason. Um, it's now getting the point to I don't know if he's necessarily even worth a second rounder. Wow. I, I mean, it, it, it's look, we we were buying Todd Gurley year over year just because obviously he's awesome. But number mm -hmm. no, most importantly is that role in the offense. And right. If that is if he's going to be cut back from an 80 percent snap share, seeing 70 to 80 percent of the team's carries uh, being heavily involved in the passing game, I I think it's time to to maybe reevaluate Gurley as an RB one. Um, I was on a show with with Matt Kelly, uh, goes by uh, Fantasy Mansion on on Twitter last week, and he said he's taking Gurley after Nick Chubb. And mm. um, I, I at the time, like uh, you know, ten days ago, I thought that was a little too hot. But thinking about it now and hearing some more of these reports that you know, Gurley's not showing up to OTAs, obviously wasn't surprising. But um, hearing actual news reports that he's not going to be their bell cow, which is what we've kind of been assuming on this show for a couple months. Mm -hmm. I, man, it's, it's really hard to click that button. It's really, really hard to click that button. And I, I think once we get closer to the preseason um, and Darrell Henderson maybe starts ripping off a few runs, those ADPs are going to get even closer, I think. Well, and right now Henderson is at eight, 8.05. Um, 
and you know, as much as people have debated where Gurley should be drafted, I feel like there's just as much debate about what to do with Henderson um, because, you know, I think the assumption is that he is the guy right behind Todd Gurley on the depth chart, but I mean, there's still Malcolm Brown there. There's still John Kelly there. There are other options there if Sean McVay decides to go that direction. And so then the question becomes, well, okay, we don't 100% know what Gurley's situation is. We think we do. We, we are certainly speculating about it. We also don't know what the depth chart is going to be. Is eighth round too rich for Daryl Henderson right now? That, I mean, I respect fantasy football calculators, uh, ADP, but he's going in the sixth, seventh round now. I mean, Pretty, in, in a lot of the drafts that I've been. I think in a lot, of the, a lot of the industry drafts, a lot of the expert drafts, he probably is. And I'm curious whether or not, you know, because. I feel like in a lot of ways, we sort of set the tone for how things go. And then in a month or two, like I think the rest of the world sort of follows along. And so I'm just curious whether or not we, when we get to August, you know, will your regular fantasy leagues be picking up in the sixth Here's month? Here's the question I think it comes down to is like, would you rather have Lamar Miller in the sixth round or Darrell Henderson? I mean, in theory, Miller, because yeah. he's the starter. But I guess is Lamar Miller, does Lamar Miller have the ability to win you your league? Darrell Henderson, I think it's pretty clear Darrell Henderson does. Right. Todd Gurley is clear. If he is obviously not 100%. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I really, I mean, I think I've been pretty adamant about Gurley. No, I think um, you've been, I mean, you have been, you know, I just, very consistent. I just, my thing with, with Henderson this year is I do think there's going to get to a point where he might get priced out. But if, if, mm-hmm. if he's still going in that range where it's like Lamar Miller versus Darrell Henderson, like we know Lamar Miller is not going to help <laughs> you win your league. Like he'll be a consistent RB2 flex play, but right. Darrell Henderson has league winning upside. Um, so now the, the, the other part of this, though, that I'm, I don't think we've talked about quite as much is what does this mean overall for the Rams offense? I mean, because Gurley was the catalyst so for so much of what they did, I mean, even, you know, with all the numbers that you know, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and those guys put up, so much of it still funneled through. And we saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it even in the NFC Championship game to a point. That offense just wasn't quite the same when Gurley wasn't getting the looks and getting the touches. Sure, Darrell Henderson may be great, at least at the start. We don't expect him to be what Todd Gurley was. I, I have to think this has some sort of impact on on Jared Goff and on those wide receivers if defenses aren't necessarily shifting so much of their focus to Todd Gurley. Actually, I think the bigger injury question mark for the Rams this offseason, as long as if, in terms of their, just their efficiency, is Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. I think getting Cooper Cup is, is getting back uh, Cup for, for Goff and for Cooks off the top. Uh, being able to take the top off the defense is just huge for them. I mean, Todd Gurley is awesome, man, and he's oh, yeah. he has been the most consistent fantasy back for for uh, for two three straight years now. But having a bone on bone knee at basically twenty five years old and all the un- other ancillary factors, it's I mean, we saw what CJ Anderson did in that offense just on the ground in a few starts. I don't necessarily think they're going to miss too too much on the ground. Maybe right. as a receiver, mm-hmm. uh, Todd Gurley has become an excellent receiver. Maybe they'll miss him um, in, in their screen game early on, but Darrell Henderson flashed there too, man. Yeah, I, re- I really, I, I hope Gurley can come back and give us one more year of, of fantasy excellence. But it's it's just it's very 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 hard to ha- hang your hat on that right now. Yeah, um, I also think you know, and we we've kind of touched on this before, and this is maybe less from a fantasy perspective, but more of just a a actual NFL team building perspective. 
I think what we've seen with Gurley is what we're going to see with a lot of running backs. And, and this is, you know, I guess this is sort of the basis of the running backs don't matter argument is the fact that you have this guy who is extremely, supremely talented. And the Rams have, have gotten their money's worth basically out of him. And they have they have used him now. Mind you, they had to pay him a big contract to kind of keep him around. Um, but I think, you know, if you are, for instance, Saquon Barkley, I think you got to kind of look at Todd Gurley's situation and be like, man, could this be my future where the Giants are going to just use me up as much as possible? And and Saquon said, I think last week, at the end of last week, he's preparing for, obviously, he's preparing for just a massive workload. But, I mean, he, he is going to probably push for 380 to 400 touches this year, Barkley. Oh, yeah, I would think so. Um, Gurley's contract, man, like, he is just stacking paper right now. Oh, the, of course. The Rams cannot get out from under his contract for another two seasons. Um <laughs> if 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 he cannot provide, um, I, obviously, I think the bell the bell cow role is is kind of out uh, for right now. And barring a miracle, I mean, if he can't provide any, you know, you know fifty to sixty percent snap share of the last next couple of years, that's going to look like a very very bad contract for a, a team that's definitely paid some some high price contracts in the past couple of years. It's going to look worse if they don't win a Super Bowl in that time frame. You know, if had they won the Super Bowl last year. I think people will look and say, yeah, okay, you're going to be hamstrung for a couple of years with this contract, but you know what? You got a title, and so maybe that makes it worth it. But if, you know, they, they, they went all in, you know, with a lot of these big contracts, and if they don't ever get a title to show for it, then I think people will, will criticize them for that. At the time, I did not like the deal just because it was a humongous deal for a running back, and now it looks even worse because Gurley is fortunately, I mean, his, I mean, his, his knee's toast, man. The, the decline comes swiftly yeah. um but it i do, always does it, it always does with running backs always does it, it's running like ba- running backs and quarterbacks tend to just fall off they do it's it's like receivers have this like kind of nice curve where they mm. come back down you're like okay the, he's clearly lost his step but he can still catch balls with, with right. running backs it's like they just hit a wall that's it they hit a wall and that's it well even with with wide receivers i think there are ways to sort of reinvent of yourself i mean larry fitzgerald i think is a great a great example of that he has reinvented himself you know after years after we thought, you know what, he's done, it's it's time, and, and he has still been able to hold on and be productive, um, it's just so much harder at that running back spot. There's no way to reinvent yourself from slamming into 300-pound defensive <laughs> linemen. <laughs> that is kind of a... That's kind of hard, right? It's kind of a dead-end career opportunity <laughs> at well. some point. So, um, yeah, we will we will certainly, I think, continue this Todd Gurley watch as uh, as things go along, as we get closer to training camp. Now, mind you, again... We may not see him in training camp, and we likely won't see him at all in the preseason. So it will just be people continuing to speculate. And I, I, I'm just going to be curious to keep an eye on where he gets drafted, because I just imagine the swing will be very wild. Uh, the, the, the highs and lows of where yeah. people are taking him will be very, very wild. He still goes in the first round in a few drafts that I've done. Oh, yeah, I'm I've sure seen him fall into the second round. Um, I, yeah, it's just it comes down to your, your risk tolerance. Yeah. Your, your, your level of confidence uh, with drafting Todd Gurley. So there it is. Um, so we don't have Game of Thrones stuff to talk about anymore because that has, has gone bye-bye. And we have yet to settle on a show that I think we all want to watch and talk about on a weekly basis. Um, you know, uh, But the one thing that, on, that was on TV that everybody sort of paid attention to, James Holzhauer, who had his incredible winning streak on Jeopardy, it's done. Um, in fact, you know, it started leaking... Early the day that the show aired, uh, the, the episode was taped months ago because Jeopardy is taped well in advance, and then they roll out the episodes, uh, you know, bit by bit. So obviously, 
Holzhauer himself knew that it was over. The rest of the world started to find out because it was leaked, partially because apparently a station in Alabama, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, there was like four markets in the entire country, and like Rovell happened to like know, and he leaked it, and it was like, well, it's leaked in four markets, and people were like, yeah, but there's like, like forty five other states. The country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like somewhere in Alabama shows it at like nine thirty in the morning or something like that. Yeah, that's bizarre. By the way, isn't that the craziest thing that Jeopardy is on a different time in like every single state, right? Every single city within I, states. It's insane. I never knew that. I I didn't really until this. I yeah. mean, yeah. I just thought it was like a seven o'clock, exactly. you know, yeah. <laughs> seven p.m. Turn I knew it on. Some places yeah. are like, okay, they do Jeopardy first, then Wheel of Fortune. Some places do Wheel of Fortune first, then Jeopardy. But then other places are like, no, it's a morning show for us. And I'm just like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine watching Jeopardy in the morning, waking that, up to Alex Trebek. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my brain, I mean, like, you know, it's a, it's a smart person show. Like, my brain's not really awake enough to do Jeopardy in the morning. Okay. So, um, but anyway, the, the streak is over. It sort of got leaked. Uh, the final tally on Holtower's time on the show, a 32-game winning streak, second all-time to Ken Jennings, who was, I think, 74. So, he didn't even get, you know, I mean, this is... This is sort of like in baseball when somebody has like a 20 game hit streak and everybody's like, yeah, whatever, They're going to catch Joe D. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, come on, whatever. Anyway, um, one... $2,464,216, second all-time to Ken Jennings. I think he was about right around $50,000 short. Yeah, uh, I think it was like thirty grand. Yeah, was it he even was, that? Okay. He was close. Yeah, yeah. so it, that was a lot closer. Uh, set the single-game record with $131,127, and he has the top 16 single-day scores and 23 of the top 27. Uh, I mean, just... He, he's, a beast. he's kind of the Steph Curry of yeah, Jeopardy, right? He, like, changed yeah. the game. Absolutely. So it just made me think, though. I mean, if you guys were going on a game show, which is there one out there that you look at and you're like, yeah, I would dominate. I would totally, you know. I mean, like, I feel like all sports Jeopardy, we would all be like, hey, yeah, I could do pretty well. But, like, you know, I don't know. Uh, there, there's two. I'm not sure if I would... I am my dumb brain. I think I would dominate because <laughs> I think if I like set my mind to it and train for it. But I I happen to love American Ninja Warrior. Right, Ninja Warrior. But I the obviously the American one got really popular in this country now too. And it's like I love the fact that like it's just you have it. It's just you in the course, and I'm like, it's styrofoam, and you could sometimes, like, the fear of falling. I just love, I watch it constantly. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if I set outside, like, half a year just to train for that, I feel like I would be okay. Uh, the other one is an older one, but I feel like the adrenaline rush would make you want to do it and just see other people's reactions is uh, Fear Factor. Yeah. Oh, Fear Factor, I think I could do. Yeah. I mean, because, like... <sighs> That's the one I was thinking about. And if Joe Rogan runs it, then that's I'm all the in. thing too. Partially, <laughs> Joe, if Rogan's then, running it, and then, then just to see like other people like scream, we have to eat spiders. And like crap. I feel like yeah. the eating thing. Like I could just I could I could psych my mind up yeah, to do the eating up. stuff. It's like whatever, man. There's money involved. Like let's do let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty sure I could do that. Um, you know, you know, we we have an in at Ninja Warrior with our pal right, Akbar Bajabiamila being one of the hosts there. Um, the thing about that show that makes me feel better. It's because, like, when you see the people who actually run through the course, you're like, man, that's tough. It's when they have, like, the people who, like, fall off in the first, like, the first yeah. obstacle. You're like, oh, okay. That makes me feel better about myself. That, that show is the best at giving you, like, a 12-minute documentary, like, a mini documentary on the person, their life, like, their back, <laughs> done, and then, like, four and a half seconds, and they slip and fall. Right. And, and they, it's they, like, right in the water, and it's over with. It's over. And then it goes, like, all right, next contestant. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. I always, because I used to try to guess. I'm like, oh, wow, they did a whole package on this person. Yeah. Like, he must go really far. And then, no, he's, like, in the water yeah. immediately. I'm like, oh, okay, so much for that. <laughs> um, I know for me... And this goes back to being a kid. Like, I, I'm old enough to remember me and my best friend thought we would just rule the world on Double Dare. 
Um, oh, yeah. You know, because all the all the trivia questions were pretty basic. And, you know, after you watch it so many times, you see the obstacles, you're like, OK, you kind of create a strategy in your head. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different when you're actually on the show and you actually have to do it. But we thought for sure at, you know, at 12 years old um, that we were going to take home. I don't even know how much money it was. It's probably like five hundred dollars because they were little kids. But uh, we thought for sure we were going to just destroy that show. That's all. Can we cheat and lie and just say, like, Sports Jeopardy for us? Sports Jeopardy, yeah. sure. My roommate, old roommate, actually almost won, and he gave me some inside info on it, and, like, how the clicker is so delayed. You, right. You don't understand that. So the one other guy that beat him was clicking, clicking, but he was close, and he was like, I'm in my room, my, my old roommate, he knows everything about the weirdest sports, and Sports Jeopardy most of the time, like three-fourths of the time, would have a weird Final Jeopardy question. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, even if I'm this close, this guy's not going to know, you know, uh, indoor soccer, or, like weird, <laughs> like high Like He knows everything. And it ended up being like a very generic question. He beat him with the click. Like he beat him with uh, the betting amount because he knew it, whatever. So it, like, I would like that, but I don't like – I want my skills to speak for themselves, which is why I like the Fear Factor American Ninja Warrior. Right. I don't want like a deal or no deal when they just pick it for you or yeah. like the clicker malfunctioning. Like I don't want to lose because – of that, so I'd be afraid of those other shows. Yeah, I know the clicker thing on Jeopardy is, I think, one of the underrated parts of the show. I mean, you know, so obviously Holtower was smart. He knew he had a lot of knowledge, but he also was quick on yeah. the buzzer, too, and that's what held. I mean, you can know all the things in the world, but if you can't buzz in in time, it doesn't really matter. Were you, were you rooting for him? Um... I was just, I don't think I rooted for or against him. I was just more watching it as a curiosity. Yeah. You know, just kind of like, just sort of just sitting and amazed at, at the depth of knowledge sure. that he had. I mean, you know, the, the breadth of categories and, and everything. Um, and just the fact that he changed the way the game was played by starting with the big money, uh, the, the big money uh, questions first, and then literally doubling, going, like his daily doubles were true daily doubles, you know? So I, that to me was just sort of, uh, you know, I didn't care whether he won or lost. I was just more I, watching it for curiosity. Right. I think the ca- more captivating story is that he came from a gambling and fantasy background. Um, mm-hmm. Literally said like some of a lot of the inspiration um, from his streak came from pl- just playing fantasy sports, which is kind of amazing. Right. Um, yeah. And the way he played so aggressively, mm-hmm. I think I, I just don't think many in, in jeopardy at the, had thought to do it. Um and I, I think it's funny too. That I've, I saw some people like get angry that he came in and had this like kind of contrarian approach to playing Jeopardy. It's like if you're getting mad about the way someone's <laughs> playing Jeopardy, you got way too you much gotta, time. You got to get a life at this point. Right. Yeah, I do think though, people are going to start playing like that sure. now. You know, now that we've sure. seen it and we've seen how successful it can be. Now, obviously, you have to be as smart as he is. Um, but I think you're going to see more people start with the big money questions and try to work from there. Because um, I also, what was interesting about it to me, though, is that also the, the few times when he maybe get an answer wrong, I think I saw once where he, he you know, doubled up on a daily double, got it wrong, lost everything, and he just kind of shook it off because it's like, whatever, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it right back. Right. Yeah. That, that's what I loved about it. He literally is a game changer. He is like Lawrence Taylor, and now you're like, okay, now I need to draft a left tackle to protect my blind. So, like, he literally changed the whole game of Jeopardy, which mm-hmm. is why people who are rooting against him, I didn't get, because I'm like, well, Jeopardy's on every day of the week, and it's the same kind of boring, like, right. you, have a, you have three media guys and like they you know they one of them wins and it's like not an impressive amount like life goes on but this guy was 
he like sparked interest for you know a period of time. Yeah, I was like actually uh, at the gym next to a guy when the minute he lost, and I caught the the last the final Jeopardy question, and he started like Tiger Woods like fist pumping and cheering that he lost, and people turned around looking at him, and he goes like, "Yeah, man," and he was like clapping. <laughs> I was like, "You're this happy? This guy lost the one interesting Jeopardy guy since like uh, Ken Jennings, and you're gonna root against him?" Like, we're, gonna, uh, we're gonna go back to not watching Jeopardy now. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I heard that their ratings had spi- like they had oh, like an eleven sure. year ratings yeah. high or something. The yeah. I think the day that he lost, I mean, obviously a lot of people knew it in advance, but the day that he lost, I think it it tied the NBA Finals game that <laughs> night for ratings. And look, I look, I get wow. Look, you know, I'm a Warriors fan, so I I watched that the the NBA game. But look, I get it, man. The the NBA Finals are on every year. Like, yeah. how often are you going to see a guy take a run like this on Jeopardy? <laughs> so, I mean, that made sense to me. Um, the other question is, and I know he's, you know, I know he's talked about maybe wanting to work. In pro sports, work in front offices. Some I know baseball team's going to hire him. I think the Washington, the Washington Post did a survey where they asked a lot of front offices in, in Major League Baseball, you know, would would he be welcome there? And it was like an, an unequivocal yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I think somebody said the. I think Billy Bean said maybe the the gambling background might scare people, but generally, like not enough, not enough to not. Oh, yeah. They'll, Give they'll, him a shot. There'll be a money ball, too, with this guy or something. Yeah, it's got to be. Got to be. So that leads me to our social poll question for the week. Well, first off, what was our, our, our social poll question last week was the Game of Thrones the, spinoff. The Fraser-like spinoff, yeah. and it was uh, between Grey Worm becomes a pirate, uh, Yara Greyjoy is uh, the cruise ship service, and Mira Reed does uh, the wildlife uh, like conservation trips uh, mm-hmm. with uh, guests, and uh, the uh, clear winner. Well, do you guys have uh, any guesses of which one would dominate? I would guess the Yara Greyjoy cruise ship. Yep. That's okay. my guess. Well, do you guys agree with that? Yes. yes. Gray Worm. Gray Worm. Fifty-two percent. Wow. Uh, Yara Greyjoy is twenty-five percent second place. Miri twenty-third, uh, twenty-three percent. So only two percent behind that. We did have a uh, a good write-in. Was uh, a hot pie cooking show. Yeah, Ooh, I saw that one. That was fantastic. That would be yeah, really, really, good. really good. That He's, would be really good. He one. was like the one side character, not the one, but what, like one ultra like minor character that people just rallied around and love that guy. Baking with hot pie. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty, pretty good. So, uh, the social poll this week, um, because of James Holzhauer, in honor of him, he had said a few weeks ago, I think on TMZ that he was like Deshaun Watson because he's a guy who could do it all. So it made me think. Which current NFL quarterback could be sort of James Holzhauer go on Jeopardy and put together a run? So I went through and I pulled out uh, based on some Wonderlick scores. And I know that, you know, the Wonderlick, I don't know that it has an impact on actual football, but it is a test about just like esoteric things, which basically is like Jeopardy. Right. So I went and and got four guys, uh, Blaine Gabbert, who scored a 42 uh, on the Wonderlick, Carson Wentz, who had a 40, Alex Smith, who also had a 40, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we all know went to Harvard, uh, who had a 48. So those are my four guys. Obviously, uh, if there's anybody out there you guys want to write in uh, as an other, but I think those four guys, Blaine Gabbert, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, of the current NFL quarterbacks, which one uh, could be the ultimate Jeopardy champ? You know, sneakily, I put my money on Alex Smith. Yeah. I... I did not realize that Blaine, this is blowing my mind. That Blaine Gabbert <laughs> scored a forty on the yeah, Wonderlic. I was just blowing my mind. I did the same. I, when I looked at the list, I was like, "Wow, Blaine Gabbert." I can't get over it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally stuck on it. I'm like having a brain. Um, my, I guess, 
I originally thought of Fitzpatrick too for this. He was the first name that came yeah. to mind. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. school snobs. Of course. I was thinking that too. I was thinking I would go with Fitzpatrick and then next and then thinking like, okay, well, who's a quarterback who went to a really good school? I'm like, oh, Stanford. Oh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Yeah, he was yeah. the guy I'd put out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just I think Alex Smith, he just he just seems like a sneaky underrated play there. Um, I mean, sort of like his his football career, right? When you like, yeah, you think Alex Smith uh, and, and he ends up being better than than you anticipate. So that's that's sort of my guess there. But uh, I'd imagine we'll get some good ride in votes. too. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a quick ride in just because I'm a Notre Dame fan uh, and he was just drafted in the first round. Jerry Tillery could speak like a bunch of languages and mm. took like some really difficult classes at Notre right. Dame and traveled like the world and stuff. He's a really, now, really smart dude. I would think, yeah, especially if you open up, if you open beyond quarterbacks, too, I think you get you get Tillery. You've got John Urschel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the, the LDT, um, who's actually a, an actual doctor. Right. Um, yeah, I think you opening up beyond beyond quarterbacks, you get a whole lot of options too. So, um, yeah, you guys out there, uh, hit us up, vote in the poll. If you got some write in candidates, we'd love to hear those as well. Uh, you know, I think it'll be fun. So, uh, that's it. I think we're done. We're all done. Appreciate it as always. We uh, appreciate you downloading and listening and participating and playing along. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember to be old and wise. You once had to be young and stupid. We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.